almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity and the power of divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the Feast of the Holy Trinity is from Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and in the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundation of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. This is the word of the Lord. Epistle is from Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Blessed are you, O Lord, God of our fathers, and greatly to be praised and glorified forever. Alleluia. according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born before when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son of the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
In the holy name of Jesus, amen. What is the one question that Lutherans always ask? Exactly. You can speak out, right. Yeah, what does this mean? How can these things be? That's what we heard from Nicodemus today. Nicodemus, this grand leader and teacher of Israel, ruler of the Jews, he looks at Jesus today and he's stumped. He's perplexed. Born again, born of the water and of the spirit, born from above? What in the world are you talking about? Was is das? I'm sure he didn't say it that way. What does this mean? You've surely had the same thoughts. How can these things be? What is this all about? What does it mean to be in the world, but not of the world? To be in the flesh, but also of the spirit? How can we know heavenly things? How can these things be? After the sermon today, we're going to say the longest creed that we have in our confessions, the Athanasian Creed, and you're probably going to sit there and say once again, what does this mean? What are we talking about with all of this, with all this language of the Trinity? It's very simple. Rather than getting all complex and doctrinal and systematic about who the Trinity is and how the Trinity works, go back to what Jesus says very simply today. God so loved the world. He actually says that God so loved the world in this way. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You'll notice that Jesus doesn't mention the Father or the Spirit, and it still seems confusing. And there's something today about a day set aside for the Holy Trinity that is absolutely wonderful, even in the midst of our questions. It's wonderful because despite all of our questions, we simply give in to the confusion. We simply say, okay, if this is who you say you are, so be it. I'm still stumped. Rather than trying to rationalize all this out, or use examples that really kind of diminish who the Trinity is, we simply take these things by faith. But back in the back of our head, we still are asking, how can this be? How can this be? Because as I look around in the world, the chaos simply keeps giving away to more chaos. If you need more proof of that, just look around you and look online or look on the television. There's little to offer us in the way of comfort or dependability. What does next, bring, next week bring? What does next year bring? I've already had some people say, I'm already looking forward to 2022. We think that our security is in knowing concrete reality and facts. Just the facts. Give me the facts, give me the truth, give me the concrete answers so I can know how to plan and prepare. Knowledge is power. And if you don't have knowledge, then you aren't going to get ahead. But really, what is knowable anymore? Who do you trust? Who do you truly listen to? 
Have we come to fear and love and trust in this world and all that the world is all about a little bit too much? Or do we set ourselves straight by coming to this place where God and his eternal word spoken to us set us straight and lead us on the path of righteousness? Coming to church is even considered to be somewhat of an unusual thing for people today, especially after this year. Some of you have finally come back. Some of you online are still not so sure. I've heard from plenty of you, and I completely understand, and that is fine. But whether you're watching online or whether you're here today, the question remains for us. As we stand before the Trinity today, when was the last time we had genuine fear, like Isaiah did from our reading of Isaiah chapter 6? When did we fall down before God like John does in the book of Revelation? He falls down as if he were dead, as he sees Almighty God in his purity. When we come to this service, you are coming face to face with the eternal living God. And yet how many of us are saying, woe is me for I am lost, I am a man of unclean lips, and I'm in a midst of an unclean people. Maybe that's why some stay away. Maybe that's why we are not so sure about what gathering together here means. Maybe it's all just a little bit more confusing than what we want to take on. But at the height of all of our questions and our confusion, whether it's Nicodemus or Isaiah saying, I am toast, the Lord tells us to quiet down, to quiet all of our questioning and babbling like little children. He tells us to stop with our debates and our worries and our fears. Isaiah is so frightened because he has seen the Lord, which literally means he should now die. Nicodemus is confused because he loves Jesus, but he doesn't understand how this all works. Do I have to go back into my mother's womb? What are you talking about? The Lord simply says something very amazing today. You want to know what the Trinity is all about? You want to know what the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is all about? It's very simple. Three simple words. And it's not the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is I love you. Which coming from the Lord, the maker of all things visible and invisible, is quite a miraculous thing. It's quite something to say that God eternal who has made every living thing, every human being, who orders our days and our deeds by his peace, who feeds every living thing out there that you can see or not see, looks at you as the pinnacle of his creation, the one who is the apple of his eye, the one who is greater than any other thing that he's created, and he looks at you and comes down to you and says, I love you. Augustine, an early church father, basically talks about the Trinity this way, in the same context. The Father is the lover of all things. The Son is the beloved one who is sent, and the Holy Spirit is love itself, binding us all together. You notice what Augustine says, the Trinity is all about, I love you. That is who God is for you. God is love for you. 
And so when you think things don't make quite so much sense, when your sins and your shame overwhelm you, don't look to yourself or even to your own understanding, but to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who pour out their love for you. And when you think things can't get any worse in this world, and you don't even know which side you're on in all of the debates that are going on, and you can't stand that there are even sides that are fighting about things, know that God's love desires the salvation of the whole entire thing. He comes to work and to call people into his love. We might even look at that and say, well, who is this love for? It is for everyone. Every last one of us who are sinful people. That means everyone in this place and everyone who is outside of this place. People who live lifestyles and do things that you would never do. At least you wouldn't let people know that you do them. People who don't look like us, who act like us, who talk like us. That love is for them as well. Jesus says it very clearly. God so loved the entire world this way. God is love. What's going on with everything? God is love. What's going to happen to me? God is love. That is how. Because the Father made this world in love, and this world is sustained in love. Think about everything that you have been given. Everything that we talk about in the small catechism. God has given me my eyes, my ears, my nose, my sight, my reason, my clothes, my 45 pairs of shoes, my pantry full of food that my kids look at and say, there's nothing to eat. All of the restaurants, the barbecue grill that you're going to use today or tomorrow, all of it is sustained and given to you by his love. And he does this for you. He didn't have to create us. It's not that God was sitting somewhere in the cosmos saying, you know, I'm really lonely. I think I'll create a big blue ball called Earth with a bunch of people. Love always has an object. Think about it. Finish the sentence. I love what? Whatever it is. It has an object. And that is who you are. You are the object of the Trinity's love. Does it seem like that love has grown dim or cold? Maybe it has. Maybe you've not looked at this place and all that we receive here in God's love as very valuable, but that cannot be defeated either. Jesus' love cannot be put away forever. It must live. His heart must beat pumping blood for you. Not even death, the death of God's beloved Son, could end this love for you. And so the Son of Man is lifted up on the tree of the cross. He is nailed and put to death out of love. Love is taken down from the cross and love is buried. But love cannot die. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Well, it's not Easter anymore, Pastor. Wait a minute here. That's love as well, his resurrection. The beloved son is raised from death. And you know this because of what he has given to you by his word, which is given to you as a people 
who is loved by him. Even for those who have died, who have left us, this love does not end. This love is not foolish, and at the end, it is really all that remains for us in this world. When everything is stripped away, what will be left? God in his love, standing alive in the presence of eternal God, welcoming you and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Receive the crown of everlasting life. Receive the inheritance prepared for you since the foundation of the world. Why? Because his love has been there all along. It's at that time we will see how things have been truly all along. Even when our sins and our questions and our divisions have ruled and blinded us. Yes, the world is so loved by God, all of it, and all of you who dwell within it. And that's hard to believe. It's hard to grasp onto, maybe when you reflect on your own life and my own life. So the Lord has come to you individually as well. He has created you out of love, and he has made you born again by the waters of holy baptism, by the Spirit and the Word, you really are born again or born from above and released from the ways of death and hatred. You are walking in a newness of eternal life in the resurrection of Christ. You are freed to live a life of love, of love and peace. The most unsatisfying thing about all of the questions and the divisions and the current unrest is that there is so little that it seems like we can do anymore. And I think this amplifies all of our hatred and our division and our questions even more so. We could leave here today and simply say, well, I've never done that or had that done to me, so what am I supposed to do? I don't agree with this person or that person and fill in the blank about what it is. Who am I to blame for why we are here and what's the situation about? There are so many problems. I've heard from so many of you about your individual problems and let alone the problems that we have as a community, as a congregation, whatever else it is, that if we all sat down and released and unloaded all of our questions, you probably would all sit here stumped and silent. It's a big problem that needs love. And that is not some you know, hippie, uh, what is the big thing for today? Unicorns and rainbows and puppy dogs and everything else type of love. This is love in the flesh. The Son of God. Two eyes, two ears, a nose, a mouth, five fingers on each hand, five toes on each foot, eating, drinking, sleeping, breathing, encountering everything in this life for you, just like you, except without sin. Dying, just like we will, but rising, just like you and I will. And so with us today, what can we do? We love because he first loved us. What else, you might say? Well, first see and know that you are loved by the Father. 
He loves the world and gave up his son for us. And that's not some sort of abstract type of thought. It is solid human flesh and blood for us. You are the ones who are here today receiving those words, coming to this communion table, eating and drinking the Holy Communion, which the early Christians would look at this here today and say and call this the love feast, the feast of victory. This love poured out from you from the triune God starts here. And there are other people who are also loved. And if you can't find anything to love in them, see that they are simply loved by God as well. That is enough to fill a lifetime of love and good works for our neighbors, which we are to do. Do not give in to the hype or despair or all of the questions of how can this be or what does this mean? Let all that you do and think and be be about love, the love of God poured out richly for you today through his mercy and his righteousness. And when you can't, when your sinful nature, when your thoughts, your shame, or even when yourself gets in the way, remember the Lord of love, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will not be disappointed because of your weaknesses, because he loves you so much that he will forgive you and restore you and strengthen you all the days of your life. How can this be? God is love. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.